0: At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own.
1: Read my lips.
0: Government,
1: government is not the solution to our, our problem at all. Well. pretty well, good, 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 good morning again, in America. do Big wait for for the the Yes, yes we can. Government is, is the problem. Welcome, everybody, to a liberal and a conservative walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal.
0: My name is Tim. I'm a
1: conservative. Thank you for so much for you, you, thank you, we're we're happy to have you. You guys are cool. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Be sure and check out our website at libcon.podbean.com. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at libcon matt. Tim is at LibConTim. Or on Stitcher. We're in the iTunes store. We're in the Google Play store. Buy Tim's book on Amazon. It's called Things I Want. Check out my production company's movie at sphereofinfluencemovie.com. Uh, I think that's everything. Yes. Tonight we're going to talk about the really uh, the 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 uh, the stunning vice presidential debate the other night that I I think about the entire free world tuned into for ten minutes realized it was going to be boring and then bailed. Uh, we got some quick hits. We're going to talk a lot about NATO and why all of a sudden this is a thing in this election. Round of applause. WTF and something cool. How are you, friend?
0: I'm good. Excited for the show. Excited to talk about that VP debate. I did not find it boring.
1: I knew you wouldn't. I knew. I even. I even said on Twitter, "If this is you, if you want to watch, the where I, I I live tweeted. I was live. I, I tweeted a lot during. You the, did
0: during live tweeting. That's did,
1: awesome. Did you, Did you see that?
0: I, I'm. And, I, I didn't. it. And- i am mediocre tweeting.
1: And I'll go ahead and, and say this now, even though this will be afterward. I'm I will be live uh, on Twitter doing things during all the debates going forward. Uh, there's nice. another one that will have already happened more than likely by the time you do that. So come find me on Twitter during the debates and we'll hang out. It'll be fun. So actually, I talked to Randy during the last one that uh, we 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 didn't, I tried to get him to make puns about the uh, the sniffling, but he he wouldn't do it. He said he didn't think he was up to snuff about it. Wow. <clears throat> Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, hoping by the time this gets out there, all of this hurricaney nonsense will have will have gone by. Hopefully, all of you out there are all right. Uh, and next week, we're going to talk about getting. We have we have downloads in almost every fifty state and in, in every state. All of the fifty states. There's like three left, so we're going to need somebody into. If you have a friend in Wyoming, make them download our show so we can hit that uh, that that ah oh, Wyoming that mark. Yeah, I know they're holding out on us. It's weird. Wyoming. I don't know where Wyoming
0: is. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it in my head, and I'm failing.
1: That's one of the ones in the middle, right?
0: Right, somewhere between California and New York <laughs> right. is Wyoming.
1: It is Wyoming, along with Rhode Island, which we don't. Yeah, they're between that. We don't have one in Rhode Island either. So, which I don't know. Rhode Island's like 20 miles across. That's so small. Whatever. It is very small. So, all right. Well, I, I, you, you, you seem to thoroughly have enjoyed yourself. And I, I thought leading into the vice presidential debate, I did say it on Twitter that if you, if you are a policy nerd, this is probably your last chance to see an actual policy debate during this election season. I, I stand by that remark because there was actually, there was actually a policy debate and, and some interesting things going on beyond uh, the some of the more you know the less bombastic things. My my favorite headline that I saw on, was on the Daily Beast. It said uh, the, called it the thriller in Vanilla. Um, nice. Yeah, which which was absolutely right. And then somebody on Twitter asked why uh, uh, uh why Mike Pence always looks like he's about to outlaw the X Men. <clears throat> Which also obviously a True. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, he does. I'm sorry. he looks angry. He's what? Very. He does. He has. He has. He has. He oh, has I'm his, sorry. They look
0: professional and business like. He has and, his
1: stern, sincere, sens- oh stern, gosh. Sen- his stern Whatever. grandpa face on. <sighs> one of, it, 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 it's true. It looks like a. You know. It's. I don't know. I. I, I happen to agree with it. All right. You make one yeah. anti-gay law. The rest of your life. <laughs> Why you got to bring up that Mexican thing? I don't know. Anyway, what did you think? Talk to me.
0: Well, it's interesting that I didn't find it exciting for the reason that I was hoping to find it exciting, which I was. I was really looking forward to these two very well-experienced politicians uh, getting into the nitty-gritty of of, of policies. Uh, For me, it was exciting, and I have never been so angry a debate kind of way. I made it through the ridiculous debacle of so many Republican debates this year only to find myself completely furious at the Democratic candidate for the vice presidency, uh, Tim, Tim Kaine. I could not I, I had to shut it off. Uh, I watched like I watched the last part uh live and I was like man he's kind of being a, a little bit of a d-bag all right so then I went back and tried to watch what I would missed and was so angry at him after about 20 minutes in that I had to shut it off it was just it was making me too upset what was with
1: all the interrupted what what was that why was he doing that I think it must have been a strategy thing. Let me be clear. I don't think it worked. And and I'm going to tell you right now that I, I, and, I and again, I said this the other night, I, I, think, I think Pence won on style. Um, I, I think he was very calm, very smooth, very steady throughout the entire debate. He really didn't budge, didn't do anything. Now, there's a lot of other things that I, 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 I this is to say that I, he also made it a point to effectively say that Donald Trump has not said anything at all. In the last 15 months, so which which we all know is a load of crap. But so okay, the truth didn't. The truth did not win with Mike from Mike Pence the other night. But stylistically, Pence absolutely was better than Kane. And I, I I think what Kane was trying to do was again to I think he was trying to do to Pence what Trump was trying to do to Hillary. And what Trump has tried to do and successfully done with everybody but Hillary up to now, I, I don't really understand why, you know, because Kane's smarter than that. He he generally he's a nicer. I mean, this had to be Clinton's people that that pushed him towards that. That's the only thing. Uh, I mean, I can, what was it? He's supposed you know, to be the nice guy. He's
0: supposed to be dad. We're supposed to yeah. be looking at him and thinking, yeah, and oh, there's my there's way. my my lovely dad. And he was being a jerk. And he wouldn't let I mean, literally would not let Pence finished a sentence in the first 20 minutes of that debate. I mean, there was one section where the, the, it was Pence's turn to try to answer a question and Pence never got to answer it because Kane just kept on interrupting him. Yeah, and at first yeah, the no. moderator, I started getting mad at the moderator because it was like, she was like, she was just trying, she was saying that both of them were, were interrupting when no, I mean, it was all Kane in the beginning. Um, and then finally she started addressing it and saying, you know, Governor, stop! Governor, please stop! It's you know, or senator, please stop! It's the governor's turn. Um, I, I just couldn't believe it. So I no, I did not find it exciting, particularly from a policy standpoint, because I couldn't, I couldn't get over uh, my fury at Tim Kaine.
1: Well. I, so uh, please a, enlighten I mean, me with
0: your policies that you found from this. I am I am happy to discuss them and eager, but that was the main thing I took away was I mean I'm and I feel like I'm as unbiased as you're going to get, right? Like I'm a Republican, but I do, you know, I don't mind Hillary Clinton and I I like her better than our own candidates. So, I mean, this is hardly some, you know, Uber right-wing conservative Trump Republican saying, "Ooh, the big look at the big bad Tim Kaine. Uh, he, he was behaving horribly in that debate
1: i I, and yeah and i would tend to agree now understand that i thought this was a shot for a policy debate i don't know that we had one we had some interesting there were some interesting policy moments but it was very much the whole thing to me played out almost like a greatest hits of, of of republican democrat policy zingers from the last 20 years my opponent wants big government. My opponent loves to raise, is going to raise your taxes and, and, and blow up the welfare state. And, uh, and uh, you know, and then, you know, from Kane, you got, well, they're going to privatize social security and uh, you know,
0: Oh, uh, I caught that one. Yeah. yeah, There was the stereotypical fear mongering from the Democrats. Uh, there was oh. plenty of, st-
1: no, but there was plenty of stereotypical fear mongering from, from Pence. Now, what? So don't, what? what do you mean? What Give yeah, I mean? mean what? what? Give me the example. I didn't see
0: the stereotypical fear mongering from the Democrat, from the yeah, Republicans. You left
1: 20 minutes in. Um, hey, I watched the last part. It was the did, middle.
0: I missed the middle.
1: You missed the middle. Okay. Well, Huh, which is where most of America lives, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean he he had his moments of uh, you know how how badly uh, how what what was it what was it he said? Well, uh, Kane was touting Obama's record the last few years and saying that you know we feel like the country's doing really well, and uh, <laughs> Pence said, "Well, you know what? You can keep bringing up your numbers." <laughs> Like okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, that sounds like fear mongering. Effectively talking about no, I thought it was funny. I didn't say fear mongering. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> no, but I mean, it was it was a lot of the same stuff about how badly we're doing and about how badly our military is doing, and 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 it was it was repeating some of Trump's lines about how horribly um, things are going right now, um, which to me is 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 fear mongering in a different way, uh, and then also. You know, the evil all Democrats are. I mean, he kept, he kept, he, he hit all the big government talking points and that they're going to raise your taxes and, uh, you know, they think government can do everything and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, he hit all of those, all of those notes, uh, you know. Um, uh,
0: maybe I, I, I guess they, I'm very sensitive yeah. to the private, to the, um, I know, the that's, way that's the that one they that's talk that's, about that's, privatization. Honestly, that's the only one, that,
1: the only time that you call Democrats fearmongers is when they bring that up. Um, when they bring up privatization of, of social security, that's a button for you.
0: <laughs> that is definitely a button for me.
1: So I, I, but if you watched it to me, this was, this, this was, uh, you know, th- this was nerve wracking in its own way because I, I really did. I felt like this was uh, this was a look at what conservatism because Mike Pence is not a moderate. Okay. He never has been. No. And everybody was talking no. all, you know. Oh, look at that! That's a real Republican up there, and we won tonight. And yeah, and there was like everyone, you know, all the little Trump people were doing the Carlton dance on uh, on on CNN, like, nah, nah, we won, and now we got a real Republican, and blah 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 blah. And and it's like, okay, f- fine, you know, you're you're right, you won, he was better, but at the same time. He kept, he lied about everything Donald Trump said because every time that Kane would just come up and say, okay, but Donald Trump said this, Pence would just sort of shake his head and wave him off and go, he never said that.
0: Okay. I don't, I don't think that's true. He did. Okay. I don't, I don't think that's true. I don't think, I don't think that's an accurate portrayal of what Pence did. I can give you two examples. One, uh, the Mexican rapist thing, right? He did, Pence did not say, no, he didn't say it. What Pence, was, Pence tried to stress was that, look, yes, he was not a politician. He said that thing, but what always gets left out is that immediately after he said that, Trump also said, but look, there's a lot of good people who've come in.
1: No, the exact thing that Donald Trump said was, and some of them, I assume are good people. That's exactly what he said. And he, it was a throwaway remark and some of them I assume are good people. It was it was the tonally it was terrible, but Tim I was watching the entire thing. Pence every time Kane which was which was not a small amount of time. Kane would say Donald Trump said x. Immediately, Kane would start Pence would start shaking his head and then he'd go no that's not he didn't say that. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. Over and over and over again. And it was all stuff that we all we have all heard Trump say. And, and, I mean, there may have been one or two in there where he might have not quoted him exactly or maybe he's walked that comment back. Like the thing about the uh, women should be uh, prosecuted for abortion. Pence looked at him and said, that's that's not what he said. Yes, that is what he said. Now, yes, he did walk it back like three days later after he realized everybody was pissed at him, but that is what he said. And the same thing with the Muslim ban. He said, he, he made this, He he said, Donald Trump wants to ban all Muslims and Pence is sitting there shaking his head and going, no, that's not what he said. That is what he said. He had a big event at one of his hotels and he said, I, Donald J. Trump, wish to ban all Muslims and yada, yada, yada. It, you know, it it it's just it's a fact, man. I mean, that's 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 the way the debate went down.
0: <clears throat> I I think it's fair to say it. All right. Maybe that maybe on some things. He tried to just deny, but there were also plenty. I think, I feel like there were things that he admitted to. There's the one with the the rapist. And then the other one was the, um, um, shoot now it's gone, but there was a the second one. There was a the second thing that he, that he agreed that he said, yes, he P- Putin, all the talking about Donald Trump, um, praising Putin and what a good leader he is. And again, Pence tried to say, Pence tried to explain that he, uh, is not a polished politician. But what he was trying, what he was making clear and what Trump has said was that it's in comparison to the way that Obama has been, that you've got Putin, whether you like him or not, has been, and that's where those were Trump's words, whether you like him or not, he has been a strong leader. Whereas, and it has caused all of these issues, whereas with Obama, according to Trump, he has not been a strong leader and he has backed us away from the world, and that is what has allowed Russia to move forward.
1: But and that's- Pence's response to Kane pointing out that Pence himself said Obama was a stronger leader than Barack Obama. Cain points that exact quote out. You said Putin is a stronger leader than Barack Obama, and Pence, instead of clarifying, said, no, I didn't say that. Yes, you did say that. Now, if you want to clarify what you meant by that, fine, but don't say that, no, I didn't say that. You didn't say that it's on video. We've all seen it.
0: Like I said, I think there's potentially you're right. I didn't, I missed, you know, the, uh, was probably, I saw 30 minutes of the debate. What is clear in my head is a couple of times where he, he did admit to what, uh, what, uh, what tr- Trump had said. Um, and all of the stuff that uh, Kane was saying, like, you won't defend him, you you uh you can't defend this, you can't defend that. So much of that from Kane was him interrupting that for me the point that Kane was trying to get across got lost because I was so annoyed with them for the constant interruption.
1: Yeah, I mean and it was annoying, but I I, I didn't I didn't think that Pence was I didn't think Pence that one that was one of the things that I think Pence did you know rightly or wrongly I think he did it exactly right. He didn't defend Trump but he didn't he he was really good at not defending the guy but not hitting him either. you know what I mean he really walked that line of I'm here to do a job and it's to not damage my own brand by tying myself directly to Donald Trump but then he also didn't walk away from him either. Yeah, I I, I think that's very. It was a really interesting balancing act that I
0: thought. I I think that's very accurate, and I was surprised at all the headlines that I saw about you know that that Trump would would have been mad at Pence because Pence abandoned him or something like that. And that that was not the impression that I got from the debate that Pence abandoned Trump in any way or started blasting Trump. Um, I, I think you're right. I think he did a very good job of walking that line.
1: Well now that that a lot of that got walked back. That was an early source that CNN thought they had from inside the Trump campaign that later clarified whatever it was they had. Turned out to be BS. It turned out to be crap, good. yeah. And yeah. and the media mostly walked back Walk it back. Um I Okay, so did you feel like you were looking at because the the thing about it is and I want to get back to this, which is the idea that this idea that that Pence is somehow some sort of moderate genius that would be winning this election if he was actually up there because I, I, I don't think that's the case. I I really, but I do think that this is what that Mike Pence is the kind of person who actually probably does have a good shot in 2020, in 2020. But again, just to win the nomination, because I don't think if he were a major party candidate, he looks really good as a politician when he's up against Trump, when he's up next to Trump, because he's obviously better at this than Trump is. But I still think that he is the same kind of conservative tea party conservative that is interchangeable with Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, uh, Bachman Santorum, Rick Perry, all of them. Right. I I don't, am I wrong in that? Okay. Well, all right.
0: One, let's be clear that what is a moderate Republican has been redefined in the last eight years, right? Because you've got Tea Partiers and Trumpers that are just so far to the right that make guys who are not quite center right, that are a little bit further, <laughs> uh, look like they're these super moderate candidates, Um Mike Pence being what I would say would be case in point. Now, that said, all I've got to go on for Mike Pence, really, is this debate, some of the things I've heard him said throughout this election, and all of the stuff with the Indiana um, religious rights laws. Um And so honestly, I I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not, I guess in the end, I'm just not sure because I remember going over and over that Indiana law um, and trying to figure out, you know, it was this somehow, you know, incredibly discriminatory towards gays. Um, You know, he, I feel like in all of that, he tried to make it clear that this was not uh, meant to be that. And unlike North Carolina, uh, you know, he did adjust it to to rectify, you know, what could have been construed as uh, discriminatory, uh, discriminatory aspects towards towards gays. Um, So I guess I'm not I'm not quite sure I would really need to look harder at his policies. Right now, I wouldn't. I. I I don't think he's in the same vein as Ted Cruz, or Santorum, or Rick Perry, or um, any of the Bachman. Certainly not. Uh, I'd say he's much closer to a a Paul Ryan
1: uh, than any of those guys. I mean that would fit. They're both Midwesterners. Um, I, I mean yeah. the, the only the only thing that that only other thing story that I had read was that he was one of the guys who made a point again, uh, and, and 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 what bothers me in his case is in in the case of guys like him, what I've known of him, and then also guys like Pat McCrory and Matt Bevan, where they tend to be sort of grandstanders, like they're fighting this conservative crusade against liberalism that is somehow trying to strangle their lives or whatever. And, 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 and that, that aspect of it bothers me. You want to pass laws, you want to govern, then go govern. The grandstanding drives me crazy. And, uh, because there are a lot of other Republican governors out there that don't, that are passing some, frankly, passing similar legislation, but they don't feel the need to, you know, call every local reporter and, uh, the major news networks when they go off and and do something like this. And, uh, the, there was the incident with the Syrian refugee that I, I believe it was Pence. I'm pretty sure it was Indiana that made it a point to reject that the, they had accepted. I, I don't know if they had accepted it or they were in the process of getting it. a, uh, Syrian family, wife and uh, husband, wife, couple of kids were moving to Indianapolis and Pence stepped in to reject their application and said the state of Indiana wouldn't take them. Um, and then, the, the of course, the governor of Connecticut, who is awesome, stepped up and said, well, all right, come on, we got you. Um, and now they live in Connecticut. So th- that was the only other anecdote that I've heard. The other thing that, I mean, there, there is some debate as to whether or not Indiana is doing so well now because of Pence's intervention or because of the groundwork that was laid by the Democratic governor that preceded Pence. I don't know enough about it to really say any, anything, but there is some debate there. So. Well,
0: CNBC would 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 argue that Pence has had three and a half years of managing the state's budget and economy. So, you know, at this point he has can he been in that long. Okay. Yeah, so at this point he can rightfully take credit or accept blame, you know, for for what's happened uh, yeah. at at this point in time. I think, um, and and they have done reasonably well under him. Uh, and yeah, I will, that's and, and I, but I'll agree with what you're saying as far as the grandstanding stuff. You know, I don't like. Um. The 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 moves by government I did I strongly disagreed with all the governors who tried to reject Syrian refugees coming into the country. Um, I think that was, it's I think it's incredibly ignorant and on on par with the ridiculousness that we've seen from McConnell uh, in trying to blame Obama for not properly explaining um, the the Saudi Arabia law that that recently got passed. Um. Because it does, it just demonstrates that these people don't understand what it takes to be a Syrian refugee in the United States. You know, this, we're not in Europe where they're just overrunning things, right? There's just so many of them and you can't stop them from coming in. We're taking, the only Syrian refugees coming into this country are people that have been going through the process and be, have been vetted for over two years. Um So the idea that these are just, that these people haven't been vetted and are just flooding our borders is is ridiculous. Uh, you know, if you want to be worried about terrorists, be worried about student visas, be worried about fiance visas, but refugees. No, no, that makes no sense. So I, I, I agree. I would agree with you there. And I, I think that's where some of the, cause Pence does leave a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. And, and I, I imagine that's probably where it's from is seeing his name associated with some of this uh, Republican grandstanding. That's been fairly annoying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree on that. Um, the 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 other thing that I wanted to bring up, and this is something that, that is a little bit personal to me, I, I know that this is another probably going to instigate another border war because it's a button of yours, but um, I uh, there there was an interesting interaction that I don't know if you saw it or not, but th- there were moments in there when Kane quit doing because it was almost like you could tell that Pence knew that what Kane was doing was very, was so blatantly scripted that he was willing to let him get away with it because there were moments where the two of them actually did, uh, imply that there was some mutual respect between the two of them. And Tim Kane generally has been somebody who's been very, very good at getting along with people across the aisle. Um, so, which is another reason why I found the, the performance a little baffling the other night, but, uh, Cain, there, there was a question that was basically made up by the moderator. It was a terrible question, but it was one to sort of bait either Mike Pence into talking about his stances on gay rights or Kane into st- talking about his stances on abortion. And Pence turned it around so that it went straight to Kane on the abortion issue because that's a place where he's perceived as a little weak by Democrats. But I thought as somebody who identifies personally as being a pro-life person, but at the same time is politically pro-choice. I thought Kane absolutely nailed that description of himself as how difficult it is for people like me who personally have a problem in, in my personal life with the idea of an abortion, even though I'm, I'm a dude and have, have no, this is not actually a concern of mine. Um, but, how you feel about it from a social legislation standpoint and politically and, and the struggle of having to, having to draw that line and why he draws the line where he does. And I, I really appreciated it. I don't know if you saw it or not, or uh, I did, I
0: did. I saw, I saw, I saw the exchange you're talking about. Um, one, I, I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed Kane talking about the, um, the death penalty, which that was where, um, it actually, I think the question actually came to him first, uh, and rather than talking about abortion, he, he talked about that, which were I, I assumed it was going to go. Uh, he talked about the death penalty. Um, and I I, yeah, I really yeah. appreciated his answer there. I thought that was very good. Uh, and then Pence, um, honestly, I felt like dodged the question a little bit. Like he didn't really well, he did, talk yeah. about it. Uh, he didn't talk about a time where he had to be OK with a law that maybe went against his personal understanding. You know, he talked more about him kind of going against the law, um, you know, because of his religious beliefs, um, which was, you know, in, in was, and that's what led to him talking about the sanctity of life, uh, which I, that said, I, I appreciated what he said uh, about the sanctity of life and, and agreed with him uh, completely because it, it, it is a difficult thing. Um, and while I, I do, Understand what Kane is saying. Uh, I, I don't think that it applies in the case of abortion because you're talking about two people.
1: Well, I think I, I, yeah, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't necessarily want to fight that battle because I do disagree with you entirely that I do think it applies, but I, you know, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I was grateful for it, so you know, um. Yeah, it's uh, it was yeah. I, I don't know. I but I enjoyed enjoyed. I think my I, the, the other the point is is that I that was one of those moments where I felt like there was an interest an interesting back and forth between the. Two it was months. it was a very
0: and, interesting thing, and it very clearly laid out. You know the the Republican stance on on abortion and and why we uh, do the things that we do in, in regards to the, the pro-life issues. And, um, and, and Kane did, he did a very good job of explaining why he, why he thinks this and why he believes that this is okay, uh, uh, for him to do what he does. And while I, I disagree with the conclusion that he comes to, uh, it, it was interesting to hear him explain
1: the reasoning. Cool. I, uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's enough out of the vice presidents, I, I, I think. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you satisfied? I am satisfied. Outstanding. We're going to do some quick hits, and, uh, and then we'll get into the meat of things. But, uh, so uh, just some quick election-y things. Trump and the taxes. Okay, so the New York Times releases the, the story the other night that Trump took this massive deduction back in the mid-'90s that probably, in all likelihood, has allowed him to pay zero federal income tax over the last 15, 20 years or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, he didn't uh, seem to deny that at all. No, nah, he he's, didn't. He said that's that's what makes me smart. So, he
1: really didn't either. You know, I I don't know.
0: Certainly wasn't denying it.
1: No, you know, I I I, I don't. You know, Trump is Teflon. Do I think they're going to keep hitting him on it? Do I think that this is one of those things that might, you know, be a, a building block to? Uh, you know, it's yet another thing on top of the pile that that you know just helps him hurts his case with independence. Is it going to swing everything? I don't know. The the election was swinging in Hillary's. The numbers were swinging in Hillary's direction anyway, after the debate and all of that mess the week afterward, a lot of people were saying last week was quite possibly one of the worst weeks a candidate can have. And, you know, it showed in the polls. I I don't know what else there is to say about it.
0: Well, I, I I guess me personally, am sort of curious as to, you know, of all the things out there about Trump Right. Because because there's a plethora, you know, um, yes, there are quite there's quite a large amount. <laughs> there's a large amount. Um, I I don't think th- this isn't one of those things for me, though, that I hear about this with Trump and I go, oh, my gosh, look at this as he did. I mean, that's the way that the tax laws are written. Uh, you know, I mean, if someone take I mean, think about that. He he had a tax return, in which he took a nine hundred million dollar loss he lost $900 million in one year. Now we can talk, you know, he talks a lot about his business acumen. That doesn't necessarily speak highly of his business acumen. Um, no, but it doesn't, you know, to me, it seems legitimate that the IRS would look at that and say, okay, if you took that kind of loss in one year that you can then disperse that over the oncoming years, uh, you know, I, I can see why that's the way the law is written and I can see why someone would take advantage of that. And I would be very surprised by anyone who didn't take advantage of that. Um, you know, I mean, we do the same thing, right? I mean, any opportunity that we have for a tax deduction, we jump on this, right? Uh we, we jump on any opportunity where there's, there's a, a law in our favor where we can get, you know, some money from the government or we can reduce the amount of taxes we have to pay, you know, for with him, it's odd because it's just, you know, it jumps out at us because it's on a much grander scale. Uh, but that doesn't seem to me to be some sort of awful thing that he's done. Um, you know, should he maybe not make stupid comments? Like that's what makes me smart. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I I don't see this as a big thing. What what I mean? What what do you think? Is this something that you think is horrible that he did? Or
1: no, I don't. In 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 the in, in the in 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 the Parthenon of offenses that Donald Trump has has committed throughout his political life, all 15 months of it. Uh, no, this this was barely a blip to me, and and it and it it doesn't. In a, in a in an odd sort of way, it underscores why I get annoyed with Republicans over the constant investigating of Hillary, because they keep hitting on it, and they're like, "There's something shady. We're gonna find something shady. We're gonna keep finding something shady." And like, I just read an interview with Trey Gowdy, the guy who was the head of the Benghazi committee who is now trying to launch more investigations and continually asking James Comey to come in and, and talk about why didn't you, I was a prosecutor. Why didn't you, you, why you have to have reasons and all this immunity. And why didn't you, this is all shady and yada, 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 yada. And I love Comey's responses to this, by the way, but uh, you're kind of hitting on when people hit Hillary on that, they go, well, she's shady. the reason we know that she did something wrong is because she's shady. And I'm like, well, she's a politician. That doesn't make her different from the other hundreds of politicians that work in Washington. All politicians are shady. And in Trump's case, Trump is a massive multi-billionaire who does has business interests all over the world and probably occasionally does shady shit. This is also not surprising. And in the grand scheme of things, this, frankly, was not all that shady. It is within the law. Yeah. Does it make him a little hypocritical? Yeah, maybe. Does it mean that he's a good businessman? I certainly don't think so. Because I'm sorry, you can't lose a billion dollars in a year and say you're a good businessman. You just can't. Yeah. That's not that's that that's not right. But you know, if you want to It means he had a good accountant.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It means means he had a good tax guy. Like that's all that that's all this means.
1: But what is underscore? What what underscores it? Frankly, is the fact that this happened 20 years ago, and Donald Trump never went to jail. He was never investigated. I don't think so. I mean, at least not not over this. You know, obviously, everything he did was perfectly legal. You know, I mean, is it? Uh, you know, I mean, now for somebody who talks about some of the things that he talks about, does it make him look a little hypocritical? I don't know. Maybe, kinda. You know, and again, obviously, I don't think it really helps out with his business acumen argument. But, uh, you know, again, you you Republicans continually hit on Hillary. I think it's ridiculous the way that Republicans keep hitting on Hillary because she's a politician who does shady things, which is to say that she's a person who got wet when she went outside in the rain. And uh, Democrats want to keep hitting Trump for uh doing clever things with his taxes well yeah trump said uh, trump is a businessman they do clever things with their taxes duh yeah you know
0: now the tax return thing does make make sense to me you know because i think that's two separate issues right like one is the idea that he is avoided paying taxes but then the tax returns also the goal behind them is to get a better understanding of one, you know, this guy who claims he has all this wealth. All right, well, let's see, you know, are you actually as rich as you say you are? Uh, And, and therefore as good a businessman as you say you are. And then two, to get a better understanding of where all he has business ventures going. And is this, does this create a, um, conflict of interest as president? Because he is refusing to, to put his business into a blind trust. Um, you know, he's insisting on it being. Which he obviously by his doesn't kids. know what a
1: blind trust is. Yeah,
0: and nor, and nor do his kids. I mean, the idea that yeah. somehow their dad is not going to be involved, or that they're not going to be at trying to act in the best interest of the family, I, I just it's fairly ridiculous to me. So i I think that demanding the tax returns is legitimate, and um, there is. I I don't see a reason for him not disclosing them unless he is trying to hide something. Uh, but again, that is sort of the argument that Republicans use against Hillary for the
1: emails. So, well, I think Hillary's response is that she just... I, I think Hillary just deleted the emails. I don't think she's got them. Now, whether or not she should have deleted them, that's a whole other ballgame, but I think I don't know that she's got them. Trump's still got his tax returns. And let's be clear. I'm talking about what I—what doesn't really bother me is the stuff the New York Times, Times released. I still think he should release his taxes. Absolutely. And they need to keep hitting him on that. Yeah. No, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. yeah. He he needs to release his taxes. That's not, what, that's not what doesn't bother me. Does the fact that he's not releasing his taxes really, in the grand scheme of things, bother me a lot, not as much as some of the other stuff, but it does bother me. Now, I'm talking about purely based on what the New York Times released. That in and of itself doesn't really, it just doesn't really register with me. So I'm I'm like you on that. So anyway, uh, in Kentucky, the federal government has okayed the dismantling of Connect, which is Kentucky's uh, portal to the Affordable Care Act. Uh, governor Matt Bevin ran on a platform that's saying he was going to go in and tear it out and get rid of it. And that's what he's doing. And the federal government says he's okay to do that. Uh, leaving off everything else to go along with it. I think you made an out. The only thing that I want to reiterate about this is that I think you made an outstanding point about this, which is that Republicans and conservatives, particularly Matt Bevin love to talk about government waste under Democrats. Kentucky spent several million dollars putting this in place. And now you're just gonna tear it up and kick it out and throw out that several million dollars that we spent as a complete waste of time and money.
0: Well, Kentucky didn't spend that money. The federal government paid for that.
1: Well, okay, the federal government spent it. So that's that that's waste on the part of the on the part of the state of Kentucky. And I I, I think it's a great point. You know, but
0: Wait, all right, wait a minute. What What's the point that you thought that I was making? You're correct. That was a great waste on the part of Bashir and the federal government. Agreed. Is that what you're saying?
1: No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, cool. That is a waste you're, you're, to, allow, to allow the system to, be, to take a system that has just been put in place that costs several million dollars, and then to just tear it up, I think is a waste. All right, you think that. I, that's yes. never what I've that's said. That's not what you said? No. Well, then you did not make a great point. I take back that statement.
0: Sir. <laughs> that is not. That is then not I the made point a good point. Made. Um, Score one for me. No, I absolutely not. Um, be, so because the, the, the question, I thought
1: you were, I thought you were in favor of Connect. I thought you liked it.
0: I am meh on it. Like, so one, I think that Connect itself was was run well. Uh, but I didn't notice a difference really between connect and the one that's run by the federal government. They both seem to function equally well at least once once the website started working for the federal government one. Um, they they both seem to function equally right. well. And if going forward, you know, I mean, obviously now, you know, the federal government paid for getting this set up and going, but now Kentucky is the one that has to pay for it. You know, the ongoing maintenance of the site and the workers and employee, all these things. So if we can save money by getting rid of this because it's redundant, because the federal government has their own site that's done, uh, if we can save money by doing that, great. I don't see why not, uh, unless it was going to cost some exorbitant amount in order to dismantle it, which, unfortunately, that depends on whose numbers you're going to trust, right? Uh, Because Bevin states that it's only going to cost, you know, $236,000 to dismantle it, Um, which that number makes more sense to me than what some people have thrown out. It's like, it's going to cost you $23 million. Why in the world would it cost us $23 million just to take something, to stop using something? I don't don't see that one. Um, And then... The thing that's driving me absolutely batty is the connection that people are trying to make between Medicaid and connect. And they talk about connect as if it is responsible for getting all of these people on Medicaid, which from my experience is complete and utter and total BS. Uh, and it functioned no differently from the way that the, federal government site operates with state Medicaid's. Um, <clears throat> and again, this is me speaking from experience. This is not some random made up thing. This is, this is how it works. You call connect, you go through all the stuff about giving your, them your income, giving them your information, finding everything out. And they go, oh, sorry. You can't apply through connect. You have to go through community-based services. Here's their phone number. And then you have to call community-based services and do all the Medicaid stuff and go through all of the income crap again. And community-based services and connect did not communicate at all. It was incredibly frustrating. Um, I remember multiple times. I remember one time I got so mad, I said, look, you, you connect, stay on the phone with me because I'm getting bounced around. You stay on the phone with me and connect me with community-based services so we can get all of this mess straightened out and they refused. They said, no, we do not talk to them. So the idea that somehow connect is what helped all of these low income Kentuckians get on to Medicaid from my experience is completely false. And it will function no differently than it currently does, than it will with the, with the federal government side.
1: Well, and that, I mean, I'd love to say that that's surprising, but unfortunately I, I, that's, that is a, that's a general just government problem where you have different agencies that just don't talk to each other, which is irritating.
0: Right. Well, okay, sure. So that's what your works. but read, read what everyone's saying, read all the media crap about why we shouldn't get rid of connect and why is it so bad? And all of them talk about how it's gotten all of these people onto Medicaid. And that is completely false.
1: I haven't seen that much about it, so I can't really make any of these points. Um, but I, my only, the only point that I have about it is that again, it it seems silly to me to have spent this much money on a system and then to just pull the plug. But that's me. I, you know, um,
0: well, the federal government wants to waste their money. I guess that's federal government's business, but I don't see why that – for Why? Because the federal government wanted to waste their money. Now Kentuckians have to continue to now waste their own money on maintaining this system.
1: Fair enough. All right. Um, moving on. Julian Assange. The other day – this is Mr. WikiLeaks – and decided he was going to make an announcement at 3 a.m. from a balcony in Berlin. And he was supposed to going to release brand new leaks and in informations. And all the Trump people were staying up late. And Sean Hannity was like live tweeting. And Roger Stone, the Trump crony who was just a frightening human being, uh, tweeted out several times that Wednesday was the end of Hillary Clinton's campaign. And, and this is where it all begins for President Donald Trump. And then Julian Assange came out and said, it's our 10th anniversary, we got some t-shirts. So he basically trolled the entire Trump campaign. I thought it was funny as hell. I was really sort of getting annoyed with Assange anyway because he seemed to have had this vendetta against Hillary Clinton uh, over the last little bit that just seemed a little frightening because lord knows what he could release and even if he did release it and it, it you know you never know whether i mean it could what if it was what it might have been true it might not have been true either way the trump people were going to run with it and people will believe anything coming out of hillary these days so you know uh i it, it, the whole thing has always made me a little nervous but i i thought what he pulled on him was hilarious but i'm the only reason i'm bringing it up is that what what do you what do you what do you make of all this WikiLeaks stuff how do you feel about him uh
0: man, that's tough, you know, because you, I can certainly see the benefit of having a, a group right like WikiLeaks that's virtually acting as a, a universal watchdog on, on governments and, and forcing transparency. But at the same time, there's a reason why the U.S. government wants him for espionage, you know, because uh, a lot of the things that he's getting his hands on are, are illegal. Uh, and it's you know, sort of in line with all the the Snowden stuff. So, um, I I also I just have mixed feelings on it. Um, I, I can see the pros, but I can also definitely see where there are enormous cons.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I guess I don't know. I I I just I I still feel like I know the U.S. government does shady things. Most of the time, I don't have any control over them. I think that there have been some things that have come out that it's good that they came out, but then there have been an awful lot of things that have come out that it, it's, it's not so good. And you know, there is a, you know, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Sometimes I, I think that sometimes I do think that there is a certain amount of government secrecy that is there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and, and needs to be there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the problem that I have with guys like Snowden, I, I, I think, you know, since we I know we discussed this before we got an audience and now we have 30 or 40 people that listen to us. So I'll just bring it up again. Uh, you know, I my my problem with Snowden is that Snowden likes to make himself out to be this great vaunted hero, you know, all the way throughout his his movie Citizen Four, the one that's that's that you can actually go watch on HBO right now. Is that he keeps talking about how he's ready to face the consequences, and I'm doing this for my country and the people that love me, and 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 I, I want their future to be better, and I'm I'm ready and willing to accept whatever is going to happen to me. And then he took off and he went to Russia. So it's like that's that's how you face the music. You want to live, be this bastion of of of, of transparency and and fight for. Uh, you know, open, open documentation and, and government transparency. And so you go to, again, to Russia. Really? That's, that's yeah. And that's
0: really, I mean, that's the thing with Assange as well. I mean, he's seeking, you know, he's got asylum in an Ecuadorian embassy. I mean, you're, you're talking about between Russia and Ecuador. These are two of the the shadiest, least transparent governments out there. Um, And you're going to seek help from them. When you're supposedly trying to push transparency, you know, that, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't to me Probably. either.
0: And I think that does speak a little bit to the character of their movement. Um, and I think some stuff has come out about Snowden, right? As far as that it, some of this was more personal vendetta than him actually trying to do the right thing.
1: Well, that kind of, you know, it, it it speaks to the conspiracy theory of the thing, you know, because like you have people that, yes, the congressional report, Congress released this large report saying that, you know, look, Snowden's not a hero, and it does not paint a good picture of him at all, but his critics would respond that they released that report a week before this movie from Oliver Stone came out, and... That this was really just a way for the government to continue to discredit him and to get Obama off the hook for not pardoning him. You know, it's but these are the same people that are are you know it's the same to me. It is a little bit of who do you trust? Because yeah, I think the government would love to get their hands on Snowden, but then at the same time. I, I think there may be, and, and maybe they are willing to go out of their way to do it. So maybe there is a level where these people are right. Maybe they're trying, maybe they are trying to find a way to discredit him. That's not going to bring him back. My problem is with Snowden personally, Snowden doesn't put his money where his mouth is. If Snowden truly believed that he was doing as a human being, that he was doing the right thing and that he really wanted to face the music, then come back, face the music. What are they going to do? Kill you? They're not going to kill you now. Everybody knows who you are. If you just all of a sudden showed up in the U.S. and wound up, and and was disappeared a month later, you think nobody would notice? What would happen on Twitter? They'd be crazy. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's a silly thing to me. It, it it doesn't, you know, because I do think that there is a, there is a level of who do you trust, you know, because some of some of Snowden's followers and some of Assange's followers are very like Trump followers doesn't matter what they do. Trump could walk down the street and shoot somebody in the face. He's totally right. And those people would follow him to the ends of the earth. Same thing for Snowden and Assange. You know. Um, but that's not yeah. all of them. You know, I don't know. That's, it's like you said, it's an interesting sort of thing. So we're we're, we're we're going crazy over on some of this time-wise. you want to push the NATO discussion to another time, do some round of applause, and then come back to the rest of the quick hits? Uh,
0: sure. I mean, you yeah, I haven't been keeping track of time. So whatever you think is is necessary because I, I yeah i mean we've we've dealt lightly with nato so it doesn't do us any good to deal lightly with it some more
1: yeah exactly so all right fans if you were hoping to hear about nato well stick around we'll 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 do that another time so anyway right round of, we'll move on to round of applause and wtf who do, you, who do you got for your round of applause this week uh man i'll give my round
0: of applause to uh barack obama i don't have that many more opportunities to do it uh he wrote an open letter to the Economist uh, by their invitation. You can read it in this week's um, this week's Economist, uh, and it's it's great, uh, and it it demonstrates why. I was talking with a friend of mine, and I was like, "Man, I was like, I'm kind of a, an Obama Republican," and he was like, "Wait, what? That's not a thing. That doesn't <laughs> exist." I was like, "Sure, it does. You know, if you can have Reagan Democrats, you can have Obama Republicans." Uh, because I mean, Obama hits on everything that I uh, everything that I think uh, about the economy. Um, you know, he praises capitalism and he praises globalization and uh, the important um, uh, the the massive improvements in standards of living that that these things have brought. Uh, and when we're looking at how do we move forward. Um, you know, the response to some of the issues that have come about, you know, because of globalization and capitalism isn't to, to turn our backs on them and say, oh, these are these are horrible things. Let's go back to closed economies and uh, being anti-immigration. And that's 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 the wrong direction. You know, you can you can look at some of the struggles that have come about. Uh, because of globalization that, you know, while many, many, many people are better off because of it, there are those, uh, there are some who have lost out and we need to take steps to protect those whose whose jobs are, you know, when they lose their jobs because of globalization or because of advancement in technology, we need to um, find ways of protecting them. Um, But that's that's a big difference from suddenly deciding that globalization is evil. Um, And unfortunately... You know, neither candidate is really a, a free trade uh, protagonist. You know, I mean, Hillary's certainly better than Trump on that standpoint, uh, but I mean, she's even she's turned her back on TPP. Uh, so I, I, I definitely want to give a big round of applause to him, and I will proudly continue to call myself an Obama Republican.
1: I still think that makes you a Democrat, but. <laughs> what are you going to do? No, so I did my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, outstanding. All right. Well, my uh, my round of applause goes to – this is a little out of the box, but it uh, uh, goes to, to John Calipari. He's the, the head coach at the Woo. University of Kentucky uh, for basketball. Uh, he is known to be an extraordinarily divisive figure. As a resident of North Carolina, all I have to do is walk into a room and say his name, and I'll get – Lots yeah. of scorn outside the of looks, Kentucky. Right? Outside, he of is Kentucky. not
0: divisive in Kentucky. We all, I, I, it's rare. I, I never have. Supposedly, there's we have one friend who is anti-Calipari, but I've, I've never had. I've never met one.
1: Well, you can go talk to her. You know where to find her. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, nationwide, nationally in the sports world, he's a very divisive figure. But he, he is. The more that I hear him talk, the more that I realize that yes, he is bombastic. Yes, he is. Uh, blunt, and yes, he's willing to, to look at things. He, 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 the way that he looks at the world is in a very realistic sort of way. This is the way things work. This is what I can do to work within the rules to, that are laid out in front of me to do my job and also to work within the world. And he does a lot of philanthropic work, and I'm, 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 I've been fascinated to read about it over the years. And he was asked about uh, the situation with racism and Black Lives Matter and athletes Uh, He talks very openly about some of the things that he had seen uh, working with some of his assistant coaches over the years. He told a story about uh, he tells a story about going on the road with one of his uh, African-American assistant coaches, a guy named Bruiser Flynn and having multiple occasions, them sitting in first class and people coming up to him and to Calipari and saying, uh, can I get you anything? And, 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 every time he said it never failed, they would ask Bruiser uh, to see his ticket. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Just fascinating stuff. But he, he was asked what he would do if one of his players decided to, wanted to kneel instead of standing. And his response was that he would sit down and try to talk to, get them to talk to him about why they were doing what they were doing and make certain that they understood. He said, if they don't think it through, And they do something, it could wreck the rest of their lives. You don't want that. If they feel so strongly, they know they can make a difference and then not worry. They know what the downside is, the worst thing that can happen, and they're willing to deal with it. Then they've got to do what they think. I wouldn't go crazy on them. I'd ask them, though, talk to me. Tell me why. That's great. It is. It, it, it really is. You know, and I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I had, it's not like I've sat in on sesh, recruiting sessions or meetings with the guy, I, but I hope to God that he talks to his players the way that it seems, because it seems to the way that they relate to him and connect to him. And it's, it's, it's really great. So good on you, Cal. So,
0: yeah, uh, I, I was really disappointed by ECU's response to the, The band members kneeling Uh, I was very proud of the the Nebraska president the way he dealt with it I I was disappointed by the ECU guys and um you know it's a former protest that's protected in
1: America what do you want and now there's a radio station in Fayetteville that is refusing to carry ECU's game because of it yeah you know uh, it's we we protest your protest it's I don't know it's ridiculous WTF who you got
0: uh, Alvaro Uribe he is the former president of Colombia uh, Colombia under its new president um, had finally managed to negotiate a peace treaty with the FARC bringing it into 50 years worth of war um, and it had been signed and done and they put it up to a referendum with the people for sort of the final uh, stamp of approval and Due in large part to Alvaro Uribe, who has been constantly uh, fighting against the peace treaty, Uh, the people of Colombia have rejected the peace treaty and are now looking at the very likely return to war. Um, So I'll give a very hearty WTF to Uribe uh, for fighting against what was Colombia's best chance for peace in half a decade.
1: That's Is what I read. That's what I was reading about with the polling, where another it was another example where the polling was off. I read about that the other day.
0: Yeah, all the polls. Everybody everybody felt like it was it was in the bag, and boom, it's like Brexit in a horrible, heartbreaking, bloody, gruesome Latin America kind of way.
1: Yeah, only in this case, it's going to cost the the toll will be in lives uh, instead of dollars. That's yeah, that's that's awful. So. Uh, well, actually, it's odd how that leads into my WTF, which is with baby boomers. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm. Hell yeah! I am, I am tired. I, I love my parents, and I know our mother's going to be listening to this. Mom, I love you, but I'm tired. I'm, I am tired of listening to because it's uh, again, this is the gr- the grouchy old white guy argument. White, white men over 65. That there is. I read an entire article about how the polls will show that the unspoken masses of Trump people that that are not being counted for in polls, just like Brexit, just like in Colombia, the people will rise and, and vote out Hillary Clinton and fooey on you. You mean, evil, evil liberals. And just this, this idea that there is this, it's almost as though they are rejecting the idea that it's at all possible. And, and I've, I've said this several times there, there is this thread running through conservatism these days that that liberalism doesn't really exist it was created and and minorities don't really exist that there really are the country is still 70 percent white men who just don't have a voice anymore and if they can only rise up they will defeat the liberal tide and this is the year it's going to happen and everybody's biased against us and the reason i say wtf is damn it your generation is the one that has been preaching at me personal responsibility my entire life. We don't like the welfare state because it doesn't people don't take responsibility for their actions. And everybody's blaming mom and they're blaming video games and they blame McDonald's for dumping hot coffee on them and nobody takes responsible for anything responsibility for anything. Well, you know what? Neither do you. Because you are constantly blaming the media for things that go wrong. You're blaming the Democrats for things that go wrong. You're blaming uh pollsters because they're always they're not paying any attention to you. you're blaming black people you're blaming Latinos you're blaming Europe you're blaming China China sorry you're blaming Japan everybody for your problems that your generation failed to solve and now your nuclear option to just screw everything up is Donald Trump well you know what shove it <clears throat> sorry I didn't mean that I love you all
0: no, well, I mean, I especially when it comes to Social Security, you know, I mean, this is this is a problem of their creation, you know. Um, they failed to fix this, uh, and they had decades to do it, and they and they never did. Uh, and now, the youth and the young uh, are the ones that are going to suffer the consequences. Um, so, I wholeheartedly agree with you. WTF, baby boomers?
1: Word. But again, I love you. Anyway, moving on. Donald Trump hit a milestone today. The Atlantic, one of the oldest newspaper and magazines, I'm sorry, in the country at 160 years young, endorsed for the third time in its history a major party candidate. That candidate was Hillary Clinton. They have now endorsed three people, as I said, Abraham Lincoln, Lyndon Johnson, and now Hillary Clinton. Uh Wow. Yeah, a fascinating thing. Donald Trump's milestone that he crossed today is that he is the first major party candidate in the history of the country to not receive an endorsement from a major newspaper. Period.
0: Wow, really? Just none.
1: Did not get a single one, and that's the first time that's ever happened. Wow, really congratulations
0: Trump. Right,
1: congratulations Donald. What's really interesting is how much he, you know, how much is this going how much of a difference is this going to make? Do people really pay that much attention to newspaper endorsements these days? I don't think they do. No, they don't. So it's really more an interesting footnote, but still a fascinating factoid I thought. Uh, so crime statistics came out a couple weeks ago. The Economist wrote on this. Uh, While there has been a lot of us, myself included, have been ridiculing this uh, gloom and doom vision of America that that uh, Donald Trump has has brought us and has been perpetuated really a lot by like Rudy Giuliani. Um, uh, The number of murders did rise in 2015. It went up by 10.8 percent. It is still at historic lows. It was preceded by the lowest on record. Uh, in 2014, uh, and are at least the lowest in the last 51 years. So the fact that it went up from its lowest point a little bit is not that surprising, but it did go up by 11%. So it's worth, yeah, discussion. it went up
0: a lot. It wasn't, it wasn't this, this minor uptick. I mean, it definitely, this was the sharpest rise since 2009. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It's an abrupt rising. So I and I'm with you. I, I've ridiculed also the idea that America is somehow a more dangerous place to live, um, but it's hard to argue with that fact. So uh, while I don't think that this calls for this, you know, s- stop and frisk sorts of things and law and order type stuff that uh, that Trump seems to spout, um, it is interesting and certainly worth taking note.
1: Yeah, I, I don't you know I, I I don't think that America is the rotting cesspool that so many Trump supporters seem to see when they step out their front door but um, it, but I mean honestly I mean I, I don't know you know you look at you look at the news you look at everything that's been going on especially in some major cities like Chicago's had a terrible problem uh, mm-hmm. with gun violence we've seen more mass shootings Uh we saw so many that there were counters, you know, last year, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, and I'm not even going to say it, but you know, um, uh, um, you know, the idea that something did go up, you know, we were talking so much about a rise in gun violence. It was a little hard to say with a straight face that violence hasn't gone up on some levels, but I don't, I, I, I'd find it difficult to reconcile the idea that presidents can do something about this stuff. Because so much of this has to happen on a local level. You know what I mean? It it doesn't, I don't know. It's, it's and, and it seems like this is one of those things when the federal government does get involved, for example, the crime bill that has been widely, was signed by Clinton in the 90s and is now being widely derided. It seems like this is definitely one of those things that when the feds get involved, it just doesn't seem to work because what's good for the gander is not necessarily good for the goose.
0: Well, I mean, I think the federal government can get involved in the sense of the, the types of programming that they might encourage states to do and the sorts of things that they might fund within states. And I, I'm fascinated by I mean, there's just a difference in what Trump would propose as a way of imposing law and order versus the sorts of things that moderate Republicans and Democrats would push. For, for bringing about more quote unquote law and order, right? Um, you know, I would say that in response to these sorts of things, we need to relax our drug laws and treat, uh, drug addiction as, as an illness and not, uh, and not as a crime. That we need to, uh, bring about some basic gun laws, uh, not the one that, they all agreed on in the VP debate, which was the no fly, no buy terror, watch gun laws. Uh, but in the sense of, you know, required classes and, uh, you know, getting a, a gun license, the same way you have to get a driver's license, these sorts of things I can see as being, as you being useful, uh, encouraging community-based policing. Um, these are the sorts of things that I would say are a good response to things like an uptick in the in the murder rates not the the stop and frisk martial law type of law and order that it seems like trump would seem would would encourage
1: yeah which is which it's interesting to me that that's where you know that there's all this talk about big government small government and it's almost like in this case the democrats are more in line uh, in the line of smaller government where they're just they're encouraging Perhaps willing to fund, but they're not passing laws to force changes. Whereas, with the
0: exception of gun laws, I mean, I well, think the yeah. Democrats would be more than happy to pass uh, some federal gun laws.
1: And well, they should.
0: And I, and I'm not going to argue. And I am sick and tired of hearing the idea that somehow because I want some amount of gun control uh, beyond what we currently have, that therefore I'm not pro Second Amendment. Uh, it's enormously frustrating for me. Rhino. That doesn't even mean anything anymore. <laughs>
1: can't, Trump, Trump, can't, is the,
0: Trump is the biggest rhino that ever existed. Yeah. And uh, he's our candidate. Yeah, so word.
1: Uh Hillary Clinton on the Bernie Sanders supporters. Did you hear about this? No. Okay, so there was a leaked audio tape of Hillary Clinton talking about the Sanders supporters. And Politico puts this big headline Hillary Hillary derides sanders supporters and all the media picked up on it and then about an hour later politico actually listened to the tape and went "Oops, maybe it's not so derisive and sanders finally jumped in and, and defended her i and since you did i'll go ahead and read some of the last end of it because i i read that and i read it under the initial headline thinking oh lord here it is here's our 47 percent moment um but it was just this, and there are still people that are getting angry about this, but I mean, if you actually read the entire thing, it is a remarkably thoughtful statement about the, the people that were supporting Sanders and what she felt like she needed to do about him. Some are new to politics completely. They're children of the Great Recession, and they are living in their parents' basements. They feel they got their education, and the jobs that are available to them are not at all what they envisioned for themselves, and they don't see much of a future. If you're feeling like you're consigned to you know, being a barista, or some other job that doesn't pay a lot and doesn't have some other ladder of opportunity attached to it, then the idea that maybe, just maybe, you could be a part of a political revolution is pretty appealing. I think we should all be really understanding of that.
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound like 47% to me. That sounds pretty. It sounds
1: right. It balanced. sounds like a pretty, you know, that's
0: yeah, like pretty, a pretty
1: yeah. level headed assessment of what the Sanders movement was about.
0: You know, I'm sorry. I just I don't think I mean, the basket of deplorables was about as close as I think you're going to see Hillary go as far as making a big mistake. I mean, she's just too experienced a politician to do something monumentally stupid. Um, I I think, uh, you know, the email thing maybe was dancing that line, but. I don't, I don't think we're going to see some sort of massive stupid statement from her. Yeah.
1: And I, I, I tend to think you're probably right. I mean, I'm, I'm going to hold off on that until we get through the election and hopefully look back and say, you know what? I'm not surprised, you know, cause again, it is October, October surprises. They happen, but I, I, I kind of feel like the problem with Hillary for somebody that has been vetted, you can, Hillary is almost going to have to open her mouth to get it because if somebody had something on Clinton they've been investigating her for so long there's how can there be more i mean maybe there is maybe i'm wrong but i i find it difficult to believe that there would be more out there so i don't know anyway uh we are out of time uh we will talk about nato another night as we said earlier uh have you have have you have you anything to add
0: no nothing aside from looking forward to the the sunday debate and uh i i think i'm expecting more of the same I'm not expecting some massive change in, in the way that it goes. You know, Trump is not going to get under Hillary's skin. I, I, this isn't going to happen. Uh, at best, you'll see a Trump that's a little bit more controlled. Um, but I, I certainly don't think you're going to see Hillary have some sort of meltdown.
1: No, I don't either, but it, but it is a different format because it's a town hall. um, so I, I think that the opportunities for the two of them to really go at each other when you've got a crowd full of people that you're meant to be interacting with I'm fat because he hasn't done a lot of these and I'm fascinated to see how he does. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I just don't really know what to expect out of this one because I don't know if, if he can't go after the other person who's there. I wonder if he's going to know what to do with himself.
0: I guess he'll just go after the crowd.
1: I uh, <laughs> We should be so lucky. Uh and then there really will be a moment like with Kate McKinnon. Did you see the did you see the Saturday Night Live thing? Oh, the
0: well the one that Without, was Baldwin like, what, being Trump yeah. and Hillary being that was pretty fantastic. Was Baldwin really mainly. Good. Hillary's person was okay, but Baldwin was was fantastic. He really no one had managed to really make fun of Trump in SNL because he's so ridiculous on his own. Like, how do you get even more ridiculous? Uh, and, but Trump, but Baldwin, Baldwin did a great pulled, job. It he he pulled it off. He definitely pulled it off. Yeah.
1: That was really good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Lots of fun anyway. All right. Well, I'm going to take us out with something cool. Uh, as, as we speak, I don't know if I'll get this out before the debate or before any of this, as we speak, hurricane Matthew is off doing his thing. I've been a part of, uh, helping the people in my my job uh, do some preparations in case it does hit North Carolina. We don't expect it to, but uh, what I can tell you is that uh, what, what is always extraordinarily cool to me is the way that uh, local communities are able to pull together in situations like this. I'm hopeful that we'll see a lot of what makes this a unique place to live in the way that these communities are able to pull together and get themselves through situations like this. There have been some obvious exceptions like this, uh, to this you know with some of the disasters that we've had Katrina being one of them but you know what New Orleans pulled themselves together eventually and I think has, has managed to get out of it uh, and hopefully there will be some really great stories to come out of this as uh, as much devastation hopefully uh, you know hopefully the storm is not as bad as they think it's going to be um, but you know what it is always amazing to me to see people on the ground uh, pull together and try to get through things like this. And uh, you know, I, I I'm certain it's happening in Florida. And I, you know, cheering for you. We're thinking about you. So yeah, there we go. Well, that's our show. You ready to go?
0: Yes. Goodbye, world.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. You guys have a great night. Take care.